Hey, this is Jim. We recorded these episodes with Dr. Ramsey Nijem months ago, back during the NBA season. Uh, he was working for the Sacramento Kings at the time, and we had to go through a process to get these episodes approved. We needed to make them all more family-friendly, so you know, some bleeping and stuff, and there's been some edits just to... to kind of keep it like family friendly like i said uh anyway in the meantime very very recently uh ram has taken a new job he is the uh men's basketball director of sport performance for university of kansas the ku jayhawks one of the most prestigious basketball division one basketball programs in the country uh so congratulations to him on that job we're going to be rolling these episodes out over the next few weeks uh we hope you enjoy them uh it's been very difficult for me personally to keep these under wraps because they are very good episodes uh Uh, He did a fantastic job. He's a great guest. So anyway, enjoy as we are plunging headlong into NBA training camps, believe it or not. You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we're building a health and fitness resource by trying to answer a single question every week just based on what we already know. Or maybe what we think we know. Then we bring in the world's leading expert to tell us what we got right and what we got wrong. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. uh, Killer Mike, who maybe, I don't want to insult anybody out there, but maybe a B-list rapper. (laughs) When you say Killer Mike, I think Killer Croc for whatever reason. I don't know why. What's Killer Croc? Uh, A Beer? No, it's the I think, I could be totally wrong. I think, isn't it the character in Suicide Squad? The guy that looks like a lizard oh maybe i don't know i just saw the end of that movie again last night so i didn't think it was a good movie but i don't think it was a terrible movie <laughs> it wasn't a good movie but it wasn't a terrible movie but That's they or they, they they're sequeling right with no will smith or no sequeling will smith. with no nobody i think all the actors are gone i think that you're right and i think that it's the guy that uh directed uh the first two guardians of the galaxy movie that's directing oh it. really yeah. he's switching teams well they they cut him from Disney because he had old tweets that that uh, were racial. They I were, don't like that either. They were something. There's I don't, a lot of thoughts in my head, but 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 you have to take the tweet as the current climate. So if it's in 2006, everyone's calling everyone gay. Yeah, get, like get over it. Yeah. Now I understand, and, and it's brought to everyone's attention. We've all learned. Maybe we shouldn't say that because it insults people. In 2006, we didn't know insulted people, so take it as that. Yeah, in 2013, we didn't know that either. Yeah. Because I remember having to ask that question on a show. Yeah. And getting reaction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, that now I have a bunch of things in my head, but what we were starting with is there's a huge. I don't want to go down the serious route, but there's a huge uh, police shooting here uh, against an African American kid, Stephon Clark. I didn't yeah. know it was so uh, national. It's very, but national, it's not yeah. like uh, Reverend Al Sharpton's going on CNN and talking about it. Yeah. But let's bring it to a lighter side. Killer Mike, the B-list <laughs> rapper, uh, he basically made a, a, a Netflix reality show. I think he was on Rogan, but he made a Netflix show. Um, kind of poking fun uh, at racial issues in the world. And so he goes oh, around okay. different, or in America particularly, against African Americans. And so he does like different black culture, like kind of social experiments in, in some way. So he goes, like uh, each episode tackles a different thing. So like one episode he goes and he's like going to live a whole day. I think he went 24 hours and he only wanted to um, consume or live off black products, American African-American mm-hmm. products. And so like he ends up not driving because there's no African-American uh, car companies. 
Okay. So he finds an African-American grocery store or restaurant. He's like, all right, well, where's this food from? Does it come from an African-American farm or whatever, right? Because I guess I guess the history is, you know, maybe years ago uh, after uh, uh, slavery is kind of being abolished that a lot of African-Americans did have uh, uh, agriculture as their trade and not so much anymore. And so he's just trying to make historical points and and wonder why we aren't producing our own things. And then he found like a charity group that makes bikes uh, at an African-American church or something. So he buys a bike from them to get around, blah, 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 blah. But he does another one um, where he goes, I think, to the Crips and he finds a group of Crips and he's like... uh, so his reference it was actually good so he goes uh he goes on like amazon and the hell's angels sell like merchandise oh yeah right like you can buy a hell's angels shirt and you can buy like maybe even like a food product by the hell's angels i think was that just sons of anarchy or what no yeah kind of but it was like real hell's angels so he kind of got pissed off he's like well they're like selling heroin guns and killing people but because they do some charity work, everyone thinks it's cool to rock a Hell's Angels hoodie or buy a Hell's Angels phone case, right? And he's like, "Well, I'm going to do that in the African American community and see how it goes." And so he goes and ma- goes gets to like a oh group God. of Crips, and 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 how they he's like talking to them, and obviously there's normal people that kind of are gang affiliated, mm-hmm. and and whether they call them gang affiliated or not, they don't speak that way because it's just their family and their community, mm-hmm. right? They just maybe got into some violence, which probably happens down the street here with neighbors who don't like each other, whatever, right? It can mm-hmm. happen with any race, any situation, any community, but the media name labeled them gangs or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they end up going making like a Crip Cola soda pop, and they're going to like all these lawyers trying to trying to like uh, sell it and market it, and the guys are like all gung-ho, and they're trying to make oh, money, and, uh, and then they do like a couple um, surveys. Uh, you know, they bring people in, and people are like, well, you know, and, and then they basically bring up the exact point where like, yeah, when I think of Crip Cola, I think of gangs and violence and all this, and then the moderator kind of brings up like, well, what about the Hells Angels? The Hells <laughs> Angels have all these products, and they're like, yeah, but they do charity work, and then, you know, the Crips are behind... Uh, uh, double mirror or whatever, right, so they yeah. can't see them. They're freaking out, like, man, they're doing this. And like, they're more violent than us and stuff. It was, it's a good show, though. It's a pretty good show, and it does bring up some like uh, really good points in kind of a, a humorous manner. Yeah, yeah. I would say I don't, I don't want to go deep into, into yeah. this hole <laughs> because this is definitely a hole. But I'm just not a guy that's that is predisposed to having a lot of prejudices, except against like stupid people. Yeah, and stupid people come in all colors. So there's that, but. Like I, I haven't experienced. I know, I know that there are people that that have bad experiences with people from one race or another, right. or whatever, or even they, culture, like oh, culture. Russians are jerks. Oh, and Armenians they kind of carry jerks. it with them. And I just haven't had those experiences. Yeah, like I, I, it we're, is a very we're interesting. We're a couple of we're a couple of white guys that people in general just get along with. Yeah, even if they don't, I like. There's anything that provocative about either one of us, right? Right. right. So it, it, I agree with you that like and, and I use the word sketchy. Like I judge sketchy people, and sketchy yeah. people are of many colors, especially when you're in a metropolitan area or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're downtown. There's a lot of sketchiness in, in multiple colors, and so I don't like sketchy. And yeah, yeah. I'm going to judge sketchy if he's walking at me. I'm going to walk the other way, despite the color. I don't want conflict. Right. Um, and it is hard because I grew up in you know a really small school is is very white uh there's a lot of uh mm-hmm. some asians and, and and a couple you know different races but it's a small liberal arts school so very expensive and my mom taught there so a lot of my friends ended up being white and uh you know i was pretty lucky that I, my 
junior varsity basketball coach he was from uh not great part area st louis and uh-huh. he kind of took me under his wing and showed me around sacramento and, and you know he showed me a little bit of diversity at kind of a, a you know the teenage years mm-hmm. and then you know my college basketball career i was one of two white guys on our basketball team and so that also you know but I think it can go one of two ways when you're so isolated, right? One, one, you, you could become racist. Uh, right, yeah. You understand why. Like, we're segregated everywhere in our country. Like, there's very few areas besides downtowns of places, you know, where everyone lives together and gets mm. along. It's just a sad, sad reality. But um, I think there is a fine line of kind of judging people, which is human nature in a way, uh, and, then, and then being racist or sexist or whatever, and then having your actions or your true thoughts um, dictate based on those qualities rather than just oh that guy you know looks homeless and on a bunch of drugs i'm Mm -hmm. not gonna go hang out with him Mm -hmm. regardless of color i think that uh like my grammar school was you know small rural town um but it was uh it was it was reasonably mixed i would say for for um for that kind of area just there a lot of a lot of a lot of mexicans a lot of white people mexicans um, probably a lower than average amount of uh, f- lower than average from the general population amount of like black kids, um, kind of a lot of um, Asian, kind of a lot of Asians, but like have those problems. I don't know. We yeah. didn't have, I just I was a long time ago. I'm not. I'm right. not. I'm not a young man. Uh, but uh, I just it was easier. Maybe. It was it was easier for me. Yeah, I me know. too. I've never really had any issues with friends or whatever but it is weird and 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 i haven't been in the middle of it i i'm well aware uh that i do have some privilege and that i haven't been exposed to a lot of things and i'm also well aware that i'm smart enough that i have seen and on the news or or in real life that yes i understand that people are going through things and uh yeah it's a constant work in progress but yeah i i grew up lower middle class i've been living upper middle class for a long long time now yeah i don't know yeah yeah i'm very similar yeah, I'm very similar. So it it is it is hard, but um, luckily, I guess in strength sports, uh, we are pretty diverse, which is kind of cool in America. You know, there's a lot yeah. of African Americans, a lot of Asians, a lot of Latins. A lot of people find strength rather than more typically. You know, you go to a golf tournament or you raised upper class, and all you do is golf. There's probably going to be white people, and then eventually, huh. once you start to filter through, even in basketball, there's yeah. not a lot of white people no more. You know, like yeah, yeah. There's a lot of white people in say swimming. Hockey, yeah, tennis. It, it sucks uh, not to go down this Golf. hole. We're going down, but it, it is a lot to do with money. You start to think yeah. of some of these sports, and and uh, me and Connor were talking about the other day, like even like gaming. You know, whether you want to call it a sport or not, we're not going down that hole. But <laughs> you get into gaming or or swimming or golf or certain sports. Uh, start to cost you bare minimum a grand to get into. You yeah. get a, a, pair, a pair of golf clubs, a grand. You get a nice PC to game on, a grand. You do all these things. Like, what's it cost to play soccer or basketball? Like a ten dollar ball at Kmart. Like yeah. that's all you knew or need. And then there's public parks everywhere. Right. You can go run around, kick around. So like you start to understand that it is a money thing that maybe drives people towards the the sport. Hockey even. Hockey's got way more equipment. Yeah. You need an ice rink. You need all these pads. You need a stick. You need uh, you need all this shit. Yep. Uh, you start to play a basic sport, and anybody can get into it. And largely, you need a parent to drive you a lot. You need yeah. a lot of extra hours in in the week to to go to practices. Yeah. And all that stuff, and you have to keep your academics up if you're playing on some kind of a school team, yeah. or just if your parents just force you to keep your academics up while you're playing a sport. I mean, yeah, or, just so or many... dance or something like right. that's more similar, right? You need the little oh, yeah, outfit, yeah. you need the shoes, you need to be driven to the studio again rather than just a park messing around. Yeah, not to change the subject, but to change the subject. I'm totally fascinated right now at this point in my life with talent. 
the people who just have who have natural talent in yep. some area or more than one area, I'm completely blown away by that. Yeah, all I, the time. Yeah, I, I think about that, that too. Uh, and then the people, what interests me maybe even more is the people that have this talent and never find it. Um, yeah. Right. This guy's thirty and he just deadlifted the first time and he's strong as. Shit. And doesn't oh. know it. Or, yeah. or what about the person that could have done that and never picked up a barbell? Or right. the person that could have been insane at, at basketball and never even played? Like, there's right. so many gifted people that, like in SEMA, our, our, our buddy, like, that dude probably would have been a hell of a football player. Yeah, I think he played soccer and kind of at a high level, yeah. but he's a freaking 6'3", 260 pounds and yacked, you know? Yeah. Like, bro, you probably would have been a hell of a football player, but yep, just never played so. football. Yeah, just because that's that just not, he didn't grow up into that right. in that environment. Yep. Yeah. Craziness. All right. Shall we talk about what we actually came to talk about? Yeah, I guess talent. All this, we can wrap it up. We'll do a, a segue, and we're heading to uh, <laughs> uh, finding career path uh, yeah. and finding where you fit in. And, and maybe it does have to fit in with your gifts and and uh, intelligence because intelligence, I think, you can define it however you want, but book smart or, or street smart or logic or whatever you want to get into, but some of that may be genetic as well. And how do you find uh, your foothold in maybe a career in fitness, which is is still surprising to me. I guess it's not surprising, but it, it blows my mind how many questions I get. Mike, I want to do what you do. Or Mike, how do you become a trainer? Or yeah. even more basic questions, which are absolutely annoying. <laughs> G- give me some context. Someone just literally e- e- emailed me and said, how do I get a job in fitness? It's what like is that? Yeah, in fitness. Yeah, you want to be a trainer. You want to be. A, you want to run a gym. You want to own a gym. You want to be a, a collegiate strength coach. And that uh, is kind of what our question of the day is. Uh, yeah. What? 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 How? And what is the best way to um, succeed in this industry? Is it kind of certifications? Is it uh, old school schooling, college, mm-hmm. uh, CSCS that route, uh, or is it mentorship and um, kind of learning by experience? Yeah, that's a good question. One of the things that um, my mind always comes back to, because I did a little bit of it myself, is just having the flexibility to work for free. For sure. Some For some periods of time. And not everybody can do that. And that's going to be a limiting factor. It's difficult. If you don't have any experience at all, it's very difficult to get, to get somebody to pay you to do a thing. Yeah. If you've never done it at all, or or doing all at once. So uh, a little bit of my history that I've kind of shared, but not too share, uh, much. I, I played college basketball, dropped out, and then I got really into strength and conditioning and, and thought I wanted to take that route. I didn't know what it was. So mm-hmm. got my parents' uh, approval to drop out of college uh, as long as I was doing something. So they gave me uh, – they basically paid for my personal training school, which was a couple grand. Mm-hmm. Went through NASM. Um, so I got my certificate. And as that's happening, I'm trying to open a gym, a personal training studio. Uh, I just joined a super training gym. Mm. Uh, so And then I got a, a job at a commercial gym. Uh, and so kind of talking about learning free stuff, like I was paying money to go to super training, mm-hmm. um, uh, which which in my head was paying money for like experience and a mentorship in a way. I was getting around stronger people, more right. experienced people than me. I'm opening my own gym, which I already knew I had more knowledge in strength conditioning than most people that own their own gym. So I felt confident in that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm getting experience by hands-on, uh, not only the certificate, getting more of the book smarts, uh, but hands-on kind of day-to-day soccer mom, whatever, at a commercial gym. Right. And going to junior college, uh, still taking a couple classes, doing, um, I never got a degree or anything, but I was taking classes towards like PT type stuff. So I was taking injury and prevention, taking like trainer courses, but it wasn't strength and conditioning. It was like wrapping ankles, small injuries, kind mm-hmm. of the, the trainer that would be on the, trainer kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah, being on the side of a field. Uh, and then like sports nutrition, 
uh, anatomy, kind of uh, some of the basics there. So I, I never went deeper as we're breaking these things up from experience and mentorship, uh, old school schooling certificate, but I tried to like graze all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, when I graduated with um, my bachelor's, which is in marketing, um, I was looking for just like any kind of experience. And some one of the best things you can get in, in a lot of jobs is writing experience, regardless of what kind of writing yeah. experience it is. So I actually did an internship with Caltrans. I wrote a, um, I wrote an employment uh, recruiting thing for a particular class of, of uh, uh, employees. So I had to like learn about what their jobs were. I went around and interviewed a bunch of people. I went to a bunch of different offices and, and learned how the job was structured and what the normal career path was and all that kind of stuff. And then wrote up a thing that they actually printed and all this stuff. But I did that entirely for free. Yeah. Yeah, I think marketing uh, it was or, months. I think any job can be broken down into these kind of categories too, like old school schooling, college, masters, yeah. whatever experience or mentorship actually doing, uh, or some type of certificate or something. Uh, and I think marketing is very similar, where you could probably be very successful going through the old school process and mm. getting your masters, getting your MBA. You probably learn some stuff, and maybe the job you land. But you could probably be really successful being 16 and interning for some, at least nowadays, working for some social media company, learning a ton of tools. Yeah. Uh, you have a little bit of logic, a little bit of creativity, plus some experience. You could probably be really good at marketing as well, potentially. Marketing is one of those things. I always say this. Marketing is one of those things that everybody thinks that they can do, but not everybody can do. For sure not. And that's why like having a degree in marketing is not always the strongest position because right. everybody thinks they can do it. When I was going to say, uh, you know, literally like strength and conditioning, right? Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I read this book. I read that book. I have my uh, CSCS. I learned all these things. But then how do you take all these tools Mix in some creativity and apply them to different situations. Mm-hmm. It's the same with marketing as it is with different uh, athletes. So uh, there's tons of, of, of high-level strength and conditioning coaches at the collegiate D1 or pro level that probably suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's tons uh, that are probably in your mom and pop shop down the gym that you've never heard of that may be the best coach in, you know, around. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Alan Thrall uh, obviously is very popular on YouTube, but Alan's a really good coach. And if he didn't have YouTube, no one would know. Right, he's yeah, just a random coach on a random street out in the middle of nowhere, Sacramento. Yeah. Um, but he's a very in, uh, intelligent guy. Uh, he he's surrounded himself with a lot of uh, smart people. He's taken uh, watches, learns, uh, which is kind of that part of the experience, getting mm-hmm. your knowledge. And so, so you know, so so have I. I've, number one has probably been my experience being around other people and and in my off time. I literally consume thousands of hours of podcasts and 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 youtube and and uh articles from what i thought was the best strength coaches in the world let alone training with them interviewing them you know kind of even on this show right we're just you and i yeah we're acting as kind of the vessel to get this information to itunes but yeah but but through it you and i learn right, uh, right. from the best you know right. andy who just had on jordan all these really really smart coaches mm. uh, who are literally doing the science themselves were number one to come in contact with that yeah um, I will say too that uh, that going to school and like I actually just like writing a, a master's thesis or a master's project or or in the case of our our guest coming up a uh, um, dissertation a doctoral dissertation uh, that's again that's a lot of work that you're it's like an internship except that you're paying for it yeah yeah you're you know? paying to do work kind of yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly and against exacting standards and 
um, constantly psyching yourself out. It's that's plus uh, in in the case of our guest, our case is uh, Ram- Ramsey. Uh, he's strength and conditioning coach for the Sacramento Kings in the NBA. Uh, good buddy of mine, but he just went through all this uh, himself uh, under Brad Schoenfeld, who's another uh, friend, amazing mind in the strength and conditioning world. Uh, but Ramsey was full time in the NBA coach, uh, which for those that don't know, he travels with the team, he warms yep. up the team, let alone the actual just lifting weights. He goes to team meetings with the coaches, he goes to the team meetings with the team. Like he's he's more than full time. Uh, NBA season, if you're good, goes from I guess September to June. Yeah, uh, much. yeah, and then in the off season, he's probably got to work with some of the rookies. He's part of the drafting process. He, you know, it's it's a year round job, and the hours are well beyond forty hours a week. Uh, plus, he's doing his schooling somehow online. Yeah, they don't um, they don't shut down the the training facility. No, no, during the off season. No, it's only there's, the basketball court stuff. I think there's some rules about. Um, but I, I think you, but the training train facility all stuff is all yeah. 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 Like I don't know how many players are local anymore. Yeah, I think that depends. Is I think some of the young guys stick around. Yeah, I w- if I was one of the young guys, I yeah. sure as hell would stick around. Yeah. You want to be like showing up close to the flagpole, I think. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So Ramsey kind of has that all. He he interned uh, for the Kings, I believe, before getting the head to- uh, the head job. Uh, he did some regular college. Uh, he obviously lifted weights himself. Uh, really smart guy, and so I thought he would be a good case to bring in on. Because um, in a way, he's the old school way. He went to school, he got a CSCS, and, yeah. then, and, then, and then interned and then got the job. Uh, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure he's got to be one of the youngest uh, strength and conditioning approaches, uh, coaches at the pro level. Uh, I want to say he got the job at 25, 26, 27, mm. um, which is really cool and a lot of responsibility. And first time I met him, uh, not only did we just get along because we talked shit and played basketball our whole <laughs> lives, uh, but two, his like, I could just tell right away from, again, interviewing, I don't know how many. A people, lot. Uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of the <laughs> best, hundreds. the best scientists, strength and conditioning coaches, strength athletes in the world. I can just call BS right away. Uh, and plus, hopefully, I have you know ten years now into the game, I have some knowledge of strength and conditioning <sighs> myself. Um, and I just know that he, he 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 not only knew what he was talking about, but he worked every day to know even more than what he was mm-hmm. talking about. He's constantly trying to improve his craft. So um, we'll dig in, uh, see what kind of uh, knowledge he has on on what what career path may help you guys. Yeah, I think that um, I think that the button on this one is that there are a lot of different ways to do it. Like, how do you maybe how did he figure out? the right path for him yeah yeah and, and, and maybe what's the best way to actually become good yeah because there are some standards that are yeah. set by the industry like you have to have a cscs to be a collegiate strength coach or a pro strength mm-hmm. coach um but what's the best way to actually just become the best strength coach yeah regardless of job maybe and the other question i think i want to ask him is um what would he do differently yeah you know yeah how to, how to learn and uh how to fix your mistakes all right Right after a few words about a personalized protein subscription service from Gainful. For those of you that have followed me or maybe the podcast for a very long time, you know we're not huge supplement guys. There's a lot of gimmicks, testosterone 8000 and whatnot run around the internet. Um, and, we're, and we're for the basics, uh, right? Creatine monohydrate might help you out. A little bit of caffeine might help you out. And then protein, protein bar, whey protein, depending on um, even if you want to call it a supplement, I would just call it a, a convenient food, uh, something you can travel with and help you hit your macronutrient needs. We teamed up with the one and only Gainful, which is a personalized protein powder for you guys. It's a subscription service, and uh, when you're signing up, you basically take an online survey because we're not all the same. Uh, we all have dietary differences. 
and personal differences. And so you take the survey, uh, whether you're vegan, lactose intolerant, whatever, and they'll line you up with the perfect protein for your needs and your wants. Uh, and right now, if you guys want to check out your personal protein powder, uh, special offer from gainful.com slash facts. Yeah. And what, I don't know what the current offer is. It is. I don't know either, but they put uh, $15 here. off your first month. I don't know why they put it up here too. That's I don't know. I Just so that we don't miss it, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So the, one of the things that the quiz focuses on, and I think that this is something that's kind of al- aligned the, with the way that Mike and I think, is how you use protein in your diet. Like, are you getting as much as you need from uh, regular whole food sources, or do you need to supplement? And then when you supplement, how do you supplement? How many times a week? For me, I got to just say that we're moving into a season where um, my wife is traveling a lot for the next like nine weeks. And so I'm kind of on my own for food a ton, like four days a week-ish. And uh, a way to deal with that sometimes when I really don't want to make food is to just make a protein shake. And uh, the gainful that I have been provided is awesome. Just flavor it up and it's good stuff. Uh, Flavor sticks is what you use to give the base protein the flavor that you're looking for. And it's delicious. Uh, something super cool. Again, it is a subscription-based uh, protein, so it's conveniently shipped to you. Uh, but as long as you're subscribed, you get free, unlimited, one-on-one access to your very own uh, registered uh, dietitian, which is super cool if you have any questions uh, or want any de- details or continue uh, to get some information about you and your goals. And right now, again, we teamed up. So $15 off your first month personalized protein powder, uh, but only if you guys head over, over to Gainful, G-A-I-N-F-U-L, dot com slash f-a-c-t-s don't wait get your gainful today my friends it's gainful.com slash facts we should probably we should probably live stream some of these fastest strength coach on the planet gotta be at me yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh that's fast bro it wasn't that fast. Frank cheats all the time, though. You could keep that one in here. <laughs> I mean, Fox is probably faster than than, than Frank, but who else? I, no, Frank is really fast. You know, it's funny. Like those guys are really fast, but they're faster when they have a ball in their hand. Well, and their first step. If you were trying to stay yeah. in front of them, you're done. Yeah, yeah. Their first step and like the fast. Like there's. I mean, you could find the clips of Fox like getting it and just kind of looking up, seeing yeah. what he sees, and he's like, two "Okay, dribbles. go time." And yeah, it's two like, dribbles. Holy. It's wild. Uh, the first step is the biggest thing because there's kids I've played against that I'm way faster than baseline to baseline. I'm smoking them. Right. But you can't stay in front of them. Their first step for some reason is right. stupid. Jordan even. I bet you Jordan's not that fast. Right. But his first step so yeah. mesmerized me. Like, yeah. Oh, and I mean, basketball is so much acceleration that being being fast from a top speed is like, okay, that's cool. But you have to slow down all the time. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it'd be better if you're a wide receiver, like a, a forward in soccer yeah, probably. Exactly. Yeah. We should probably explain what we're talking about. <laughs> the Instagram video, right? Uh-huh. You're raising Frank Mason of the Kings. I think yeah. we'll just put the Instagram video on the show notes and people can see what we're talking about. So, yeah, yeah, Ram uh, Ram coaches, uh, uh, everyone Ram. He coaches, uh, strength coach for for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, probably, probably the best story in 2018-19 sports. And I'm biased because I'm a Sac fan, but yeah. I think it's pretty unbiased to say that. ESPN, people are wiling right now about the Kings. It's fun. It's a lot of fun, dude. It's fun. Me and my little bro, I coached him. He's not my real little bro, but he's my little bro. I coached him in basketball. He's probably four years younger than me. Huge hoop head. He was in Europe for the last three years, came back, and he's like, he's like, bro, I've been in Europe just Googling what's happening in Sacramento. He's like, now I move back and the Kings are hot. Like, we talk every day, like, bro, the Kings are killing it. There hasn't been energy since like 2001 like this. No. Yeah. It's, such a, it's such a good story. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that bringing the team or keeping the team here, building a new arena, the yeah, whole yeah. nine yards is a great story. And then to have them be exciting to watch yeah. and, and win yeah. a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, more than and a little if, bit. Like, even when we lose, it's so entertaining. Yeah, it's yeah. close you know I mean? and they're fun. Like, it's, no, I'm I'm just as, I'm, when, when the ball goes up, I turn into a fan. It's just like, man, this is cool. How many <laughs> years have you been with the Kings? Because you've been with them as kind of an intern to start. Uh, assistant. So I spent two years as assistant, and then I'm uh, in my third season or finishing my third season as the head. So five years total now. So, so you've been with some not so great teams. Yeah. yeah. And now the team winning. That's yeah. cool. So it's it's been fun to watch. Now, knock on wood, the season's far from over. So we got to keep going. Yeah. yeah Cause we have, absolutely. It's just now 30, getting exciting. Thirty-two wins now. Um, yeah. Which you know, if it ended today, that's not that cool. So we want to keep it going. Yeah. But, well, yeah. isn't thirty-two the highest number in the last ten years? By the end of the season, Isn't yeah, I think correct? Vegas odds. Vegas odds were like a thirty-win season uh, 20, total. Twenty-five yeah. or something. Oh, it was, yeah, it was. It was bad. Disrespectful Vegas. Twenty-seven. 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 Disrespectful yeah. Vegas. Don't yeah. do us like that, man. So. We have our, we have my buddy Chris here being our stat guy. He's a big Kings fan. He. You can check out the uh, sixth man uh, fan page on Facebook. He that was all his doing. Sixth man had to be Bobby Jackson, right? Were you a Kings fan growing up? No, you're probably a Warriors fan, huh? Uh, Are you allowed to say that now? Uh, well, I'm. I'm a. I was both. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, fair. And so, like the most, I was in my. I had just started watching basketball. Right, you start playing basketball when you're like four or five years old. But I had just started getting to a point where I appreciated watching it. Yeah. In that like 2000 area. So yeah. Uh, yeah. We. I mean, Bobby Jackson works for us now, and yeah, I'll run around screaming, "What's up, O2 Bobby?" Like, <laughs> yeah. I just call him O2 yeah. Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> It's cool. It's cool. He stuck around with the city. Uh, a couple players have obviously Vladi and some people to be around the, mm-hmm. in the community, but they're they're a big part of the community back in the day. And the Warriors weren't good. I mean, they had like yeah. Stephen Jackson or something. You know, mm-hmm. uh, nothing. So the Kings were Kings were it. We're back in it. Yeah. Well, actually, this kind of feeds into the question. The question is about finding your career path. Like you have a job that a lot of people would love to have. Not just with the Kings, but period. Just that that level of of position with a professional franchise. And, uh, you know, we were kicking around. It's like, how do you get there? Is it is it a is it always school? Do some people get there through doing certifications and just doing a lot of grunt work over the years? And buddy, just, buddy system, old brotherhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that. Like, how, how how do people get there? And mm-hmm. and if the other question is, if you could do anything differently about how you how you got where you got, what would you what would that be? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll answer the latter part first, because that's the easy one. Um, I wouldn't do anything different. I've been completely uh, fortunate in my career. Uh, so I was handed the head job or I would like to say earned the head job yeah. at 25 years old. Um, so for me to say I would do anything different would just be completely selfish and unappreciative <laughs> of the opportunities I've been given. So I wouldn't do anything different. Uh, but to go back to like the former question on the front end of like how does that become a reality, mm-hmm. um, it's probably some mix of everything that you mentioned, right? So it's probably some mix of – getting formal education and getting the degrees required to to both learn the knowledge, the fundamental knowledge that you need, but also be respectable on paper. Like, that's part of it, right? You, you have to submit a resume typically. Um, what was your, uh, like, bachelor's? Like, kinesiology? Is that kind of the go-to uh, or some kind of exercise actually, science? So I did my undergrad at UC Santa Barbara, um, and they had an exercise science uh, minor within it, but they didn't have a major. So while picking up the minor credits, that's what actually cleared me for my master's, which was in sport performance. And that was something I learned along the way. Like I originally thought you can only get a master's degree in something you get your bachelor's in. But I ended up at a UC school where 
uh, UC University, um, which for the listeners, University of California system, um, that doesn't really focus on strength and conditioning. No. So um, even America kind of doesn't when you talk about oh, formal for sure. education. You for know? sure, yeah. yeah, no, for sure, and, and and probably rightfully so. Like most of our dollars in research goes to. The net, or it comes from National Institute of Health who care about things like obesity, yeah. um, like, cancer. Or yeah, what? like real problems that we have. Like we don't really have problems in making better athletes. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah we've been we, the best at that for a while. Yeah, <laughs> so so you're not going to get money for that. Um, but that was actually something I, I learned along the way. I was like, you don't have to get your – you can get your master's degree in something totally separate than your undergrad, and if you play it right, you can get the prerequisites for it, and you don't have to actually go out of your way to get more schooling done. Right. Um, so that was like the minor. So I enrolled in that and got all of those courses. Um, my undergrad degree was actually in communication. And from a, from a UC, which is a heavy research institution, it was actually um, – it was beneficial. It allowed me to do a few things. Um, so I graduated in three years, which was nice, which kind of allows you to accelerate things. Mm. So That's um, hard. That's yeah. hard in any degree, let alone in the UCs. Like for, again, those people that don't know that don't know the California system, like UCs are really good schools. Uh, and, and typically they're, they're heavily uh, uh, people, what, five years probably average now? Yeah, yeah probably. probably five-year yeah. average to graduate from UC. Sort yeah. of the top level of public, public yeah, for sure. university. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so um, – but yeah, so I did that in three years, and I got that done by doing summer school, um, and then just taking on ridiculous amounts of units. Like I had to go bug, like the dean, like yo, I need double me up, and they're like, y'all, you can't do that, and I'm like, well, that, just trust me, you know. Like, <laughs> were, were you? Uh, was the goal in mind from that early stage of uh, minor in exercise science or, or in communication? Was the goal to be a, a professional strength coach? Yeah. So originally, my goal, I went into undergrad like thinking i'm gonna be an accountant like mm. um you see santa barbara is a good accounting school um some of my friends today are accountants at you know the major four the big groups of account- accounting firms and um i went into it thinking like i'm gonna be an accountant like i'm gonna be you know 30 years old and drive a bmw and like yeah. all this like um kind of some of the stuff we were talking about before yeah. right like yeah um well so wall street living. yeah exactly <laughs> and then and then you get into it and it's it's funny because i always tell people like i I learned quickly that I wanted to become a strength and conditioning coach mainly because I didn't want to live in Excel spreadsheets, yeah. right? Which I now kind of live in Excel yeah. spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, you end um, up there anywhere. But I also didn't even know strength and conditioning was a real career because I didn't go to a high school with strength and conditioning coaches. I grew up in the Bay Area and we didn't have strength and conditioning. There was a weight room and like your sport coach took that on, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a thing. Uh, so after my first year, I was playing around with some different ideas, and I was considering actually transferring. So I, had, I went to UC Santa Barbara, tried to walk onto the basketball team, didn't make the basketball team. Um, for the listeners, I'm listen. I'm six two on my head, but I'm a good five nine on <laughs> on a Tuesday or Wednesday. So uh, I didn't make the basketball team, and I'm you know thinking of transferring to play D two level ball at uh, UC San Diego at the time was the major thought because my Mom wanted me to stay in the UC system because of the things we just talked about. And so I called my older brother, and he's like, yo, why don't you just become, like, a personal trainer? You're always working out. And I'm like, what the heck is a personal trainer? He's like, man, you just take a test and, like, pass it. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of good at that. So uh, so that's kind of how it just all started. It was like, okay, personal trainer, you make money. But then from there, immediately when I, I – that was my first summer, so I was 19 when that occurred. I come back, and I go into the D1, the D1 athletics facility – and I'm like, yo, I want to intern. And they're like, yeah, all right, kid, just give us a resume. Um, so I walk home and, like, didn't think nothing of it, followed up. They're like, yeah, send us a resume. I'm like, I already did that, but okay. And so eventually I just keep walking into this place, and eventually they're like, man, this kid's not going to leave us alone. So um, <laughs> You could do the laundry or something. Yeah, yeah like, I'm towels. like, look, I don't just let me watch, and I'll clean the weights, <laughs> like, whatever it is. I just want to learn. And, um, 
and it was like kind of at that moment when it was like, okay, this can be a, this is a career. Yeah. And if it's going to be a career and I'm not going to be an NBA player, maybe I can help NBA players. Um, so that's kind of how it all really started. So from there, it turned into like an internship. Um, and I guess to go back to the original question, like this is just how I got here. But I think that these experiences are pretty similar throughout. It's just, you know, how your journey unfolds is based on a lot of different things. But most strength and conditioning coaches take on internships. They take on low-paying opportunities. They learn, they learn, they learn. Um, I always tell people, dominate the opportunity in front of you. Like, if you're currently training five-year-olds, then be the best in the world at training five-year-olds. Like, just, and that's not to say, like, I'm the best in the world at what I do, but you want to just have the mentality of, like, I am going to commit to whatever this opportunity is and I'm going to dominate it because the next opportunity could be right around the door. And um, so I was interning, training the D1, the Division One athletics programs. Um, as I went on to get a master's degree, I stayed in touch with the people at UC Santa Barbara, specifically Chip Schaefer. Um, and then after that, he tried to actually bring me back and hire me, but because of a few other things, we couldn't make that happen. So I returned to Santa Barbara to take on Santa Barbara City College, mm. and that was really cool. I was 21 at the time, 22 at the time, fresh off a of master's. Um, I did the master's in one year, so here I am wow. four years out of high What's school. What's that normally, two years? Two years, yeah. yeah. Um, so here I am four years out of high school, uh, you know, graduated high school in 2009, 2013. I'm the head of 17 community college program strength and conditioning um and just exponential learning like just everything from how to kind of coach up and understand what sport coaches want um how to kind of demand at your level because here i am 23 22 and training athletes that are 22 like some athletes at the community college over 22 Um, we talked about that too my junior college some guys were 30 out of prison yeah (laughs) Yeah. no for sure (laughs) a little different junior college world (laughs) yeah and nobody can be cut because most of those classes most of the sport teams are actually courses that you enroll in so you might not get a jersey but you're coming to practice yeah Yeah. like you can practice (laughs) um so you got track and field and football teams with 70 people like (laughs) yeah um it was crazy but it was just exponential growth you're like man this is like there was times where I would just step back for just you know a quick second and be like man this is this is dope like <laughs> this is really happening um so yeah I did that for a year but uh after one year there and I was pretty locked in I had started the doctorate at the time and I'm like man I'm locked into this like let's do this um at least for the next 4 years as I earn this doctorate degree and then sure enough chip calls and um he says hey you want to be my assistant with Sacramento Kings and I'm like man like I, my only kind of hesitation was hey chip i don't care about the pay i don't care about the hours only thing i care about is that i can continue doing school Mm. and he's like yeah we'll support it and i'm like and not support it financially but we'll we'll allow you to leave because there was occasionally uh like every semester i would have to leave and go to campus and learn um and they allowed me to do that so other than that i was like man lock me in so was that the same doctorate with uh brad schoenfeld yeah yeah same program um brad schoenfeld um nick winkleman um Brent Alvar, who was my dissertation chair, chaired a few other people that, I, other than those two, he chaired Matthew Rea. Um, he was the one that kind of recruited me into it. Um, so I'm like, man, this is this could be something pretty cool. So, um, so yeah, I mean, now within, so that's kind of the education internship kind of route. Um, so you want to get degrees? Do you need a doctor degree? Absolutely not. Do you need a master's degree? Probably not. But at this point, like we get internship applications for master's degree candidates, like. So it's yeah, I'm sure. Um, a little more competitive. I mean, even like DPTs and PhDs have applied to our internship. So, do you need any of this? No, but if you want to be competitive and and you want to stand out a little bit, like it's it's becoming a field that has a master's degree requisite of just like making sure that you can compete. 
And that's um, a bare minimum of uh, CSCS, yeah? To even yep. get the job, which is uh, bare minimum to even take the test for CSCS is just a bachelor's, yeah? Yep. Yep. Um, and that's for, I think, quote, you might know, you obviously probably do know better than me, but is that like D2 and up? I know D1, it, that's the same. Uh, and pros is the same. I think it really just depends on like the schools and, and the athletic directors. And um, we now have in the uh, the collective bargain agreement with the National Player Association that to be an NBA strength coach, you do have to have a CSCS um, on staff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like certification-wise, the gold standard, in, in my opinion, is the CSCS, which is from the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Um, short is NSCA on that. And the CSCS stands for Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so like like Mike mentioned, you need a you need a degree uh, or a bachelor's degree to sit for it. You can actually sit for it before, and then you just can't get your results until you get the degree. So, um, so that's what I did. I sat for it during my senior year, and then once I graduated, I was able to get the CSCS itself. Uh, now beyond that, like I like to tell people, start there. I mean, I tell everybody like if you want to, if you're really committed in this field, start there. Um, do you need a certification, or is it the best in the world? Like, no. But if nothing else, it shows that you're committed to trying to learn these things and apply it. And you're not going to try to, like, find or finagle your way around some loophole. Like, it's it's what everybody has. Get it. Like, you know, um, and if it's a price thing, like, f- no, nope, I'm not hearing it, right? Like, yeah. find a way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> find a way. It sounds like it's very competitive when it, when it comes down to it. Because mm-hmm. You have people who are, you know, have that kind of educational preparation asking to be interns and yep. that's it's very competitive for sure and especially at, at this level right like yeah. um because it it is a cool job like it, it's fun to to be a part of of especially something like sacramento kings right where we're watching a city develop we're watching a team kind of be the heart of that right now and um and so yeah i mean it's fun and and that's not like every job has its its perks and every job has some other things that come along with it but um yeah i mean if you want to be at the nba level it's pretty competitive now it's probably a little different for um like nfl for example where your staff is probably you you can have up to three to four strength coaches on staff and usually that's going to be more um like who you know i think a little bit but every every level is like i wouldn't be where i'm at if i didn't know the former head guy here Mm. yeah yeah. um and i now have an an assistant and i met him in grad school right so that's that's even more to the point that the relationships relationships that you're going to build in these settings um, can go a long way for sure. Yeah, what I've heard football-wise is similar to being a head coach. Is you, you know you go to the co- high school level potentially, maybe a junior college level. You'd, like you kind of said, you dominate that. Like, yo, I'm one of the best strength coaches at junior college in America. Oh, all right, maybe you get a D3 spot, maybe you get a D1 spot, right. and then if all plays out, who you know and you've done well, maybe you get a pro spot. But uh, it is an o- odd job because who's the highest paid strength coach in the world? Bama. I think so, yeah. Uh, like three well, mil a year or something stupid. Yeah, I mean at least in the college setting. No, yeah. I think in the pro. I think he oh. beats pros. Oh, for sure, oh, for sure, yeah. for sure, Pay-wise. for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I imagine he. I does. think it's like three mil a year, or something crazy. Yeah. Uh, and so there, there is some money to be made. There's a lot of perks and and getting to hang out in the cool, uh, cool stories, cool athletes, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, now that was kind of the career path and how to get to where you are. But how about I, I think you're one of the best strength coaches on the planet um, for multiple reasons. But I'm going to let you hopefully describe with my answer. I'm reverse psychology. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think gets you to have the best amount of knowledge? My personal experience, you know, I did NASM, which be uh, below CSCS. I think is one of the best certifications. I didn't have a degree, hated college, mm-hmm. uh, but and, and I learned some things. Um, but I've also trained probably 
who knows how many thousands of athletes in the last mm-hmm. 10 years. I've had a certain amount of mentors over the last past years. I've, I've hanged out with all these people. So there's kind of the, the, the old school schooling certification route there's kind of experience um Mm -hmm. what you're doing actually applying it and then there's kind of a mentor or or direct learning from Mm -hmm. maybe another human Mm -hmm. what you know you don't have to give a number to it or percentage to it but which uh how do you go about maybe learn where'd you learn the most or where are things are most applicable for you out of those three perhaps yeah i mean for sure the experience part um I think you just learn things that you can't learn unless you're just in the trenches like how to handle people because ultimately the, you can write you can write the best programs in the world like but if you can't get athletes to do it if you can't get people to buy in and believe in it and believe in you then it's you know it might as well be in a textbook because no one's gonna do it um so i think for sure that's where your most like practical knowledge is gonna come from um but there's also things that you won't learn in those settings like you're not gonna learn how to for you're not gonna intuitively learn through practice how to force velocity profile somebody right. like that's just not gonna come because it's it's not necessarily part of the coaching side Mm. now it it should be applied and it can influence your coaching but you're not just going to learn it by hanging out with athletes or coaching athletes or writing programs or um testing and retesting and those types of things yeah like um but for sure i think i think the experience just is just something that can't be um replaced or you can't learn about it unless you're just in it like you got to make mistakes to learn from them and you got to you got to have an athlete tell you no and tell you and like if you guys got to go through all of that, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think they're all important. Like you talk about the internships because that's where you're going to get some of that mentorship and you're going to find mentors for yourself. Mm-hmm. The formal education because you also get mentors through that, right? Like you can sure. have really good professors. Like some professors yeah. can really, you know, want you to succeed and they become really influential in, in not only your career but your life. Like my high school teacher is someone that I still think about someone influencing my career, but she never taught me about strength and conditioning. Sure. Right. Um, and she doesn't have a coaching tree, is what you're saying? No, no coaching <laughs> tree for sure. Yeah, and potentially, hopefully, you get a good mentor that they also had a, a little taste of all three. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. just sometimes it does suck. You might end up with a teacher who knows everything about anatomy and biomechanics, but they never coached a soul in their life. Right. So you're only really, really funneling in one aspect from that person. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, you get a really good uh, anatomy coach or, or teacher or whatever, and they mm-hmm. they have a dip of all three, so you kind of get a taste of all three. You, you they overlap, I guess is what I'm trying to get. For they, sure, they, they can overlap if you. Find a, hopefully someone who's experienced there's tons of professors that used to go and dig up dinosaur bones and then now they're teaching about dinosaur yep. bones yeah. rather than just the person that read about for Jurassic sure. Park for yeah. sure for sure obviously you're a pretty smart guy I mean if you if you powered through school as fast as you did like so what about the folks who aren't yeah what about dummies like me dude <laughs> I love you're, it. You're I, really I actually popping I, my balloon over here no like I, this is this is actually the question that i want to answer because i i don't think i'm like that smart quote unquote so you're just that hard working or like no like on it i was just talking to a actually like a bunch of grad students just uh this past week i went over to a, a grad program just to give them you know talk shop and like i walked in i said look i don't have a lecture but we could do q a for as long as you guys want and it just turned into like a two-hour freestyle session mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it, to me, it's, it's no offense to anybody, but like strength and conditioning is not like we're not solving the world's problems. Like most of this stuff can be learned if you dedicate. Now, some people learn faster than others, and I get all that stuff. But like my my outgoing message there, which I think can hold true here to the listeners, is I I just treat everything like competition. Like honestly, like I do I like school? No, but. It, but if I look at it like competition, then I'm just going to try to, like, dominate it, right? Um, 
And now some of it is like financial decisions. The fastest way to end up in student loan debt is to take longer to get school done, right? So for, That's true. for me, it was like, okay, if I get this done faster, it's just going to be the credit hours you have to pay for it, but like all the extra stuff that comes with it, like housing mm-hmm. and taking classes just for like, no, like I was pretty fortunate to be 19 and decide what I wanted to do. And then from there, like put my head down and let's get it done. Yeah, um, I think that's the hardest part for most people. For uh, sure. Deciding what they want to do. My story is similar to yours besides the schooling. Like uh, we played sports. All right. And we're not going to go to the NBA no more. How do I stay involved with some kind of athletics? For sure. But some people, I don't think you know what the hell they want to do in life yep. until they're 40, 50. And maybe they rotate jobs a bunch of times. I'm still figuring that yeah, shit out. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then it's hard to, then it's hard to go back to school or whatever. For sure. Um, and that's, you know, a whole nother topic for a whole nother day about our education and how to, how to maybe <laughs> expose kids to different jobs, like for actual sure. freaking jobs. Yeah, so they absolutely. can get a taste of, of what the day to day is like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that for some, for some people, and I, I keep, I want to say guys, and I think that that's actually how it plays out, but it, it could just as easily be women. It turns into a little bit of a default position where they just don't th- – they can't think of anything else to do. So they, they get a uh, kinesiology degree or whatever. Maybe. And, maybe, yeah. Like I, I could be part of it I, because like exercise is cool, so learn yeah. about it. Um, this is the place where I'm comfortable yeah, this is the world that I'm comfortable with. That, so that, that's like try when you it. hear the degrees on like uh, a college sports game, like oh, point guard, he's six six and business degree, and yeah. you got your shooting guard, he's six seven at business degree. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like well, that one's probably pretty easy. They're gonna shuffle some numbers and get them through. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. It, I mean, yeah, and I think now that Instagram has kind of changed the world. Yeah, because uh, now you got people like there. There's some 18 year old in high school right now that wants to like be yoked like the guy he's looking at every day on Instagram. Yeah. So he might go and study that now. And so like that might influence some of it. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's just applicable to everything. Um, now there's some more science involved and some people might not like, mm-hmm. which is why you might end up picking other degrees. Um, but again, like I, to me, it's not really like a smart thing. Like I think if most people, if, if they commit to it, they can figure it out. What it probably is, is a sacrifice thing. Like who actually wants to sacrifice the time on Friday night? Like you want to go party. Yeah. Well, I got, I don't, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's just a sacrifice thing really. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, the, kinesiology probably can end up as a degree of like a default position for yeah. some people. But it's to me, it's not a bad spot because you actually end up with knowledge that's super applicable to everybody. Like mm-hmm. everyone in the world should work out and everyone eats. So like nutrition, this is why yeah. fitness is just this thing that everybody thinks they know about and why <laughs> you can have Instagram models making X amount of millions of dollars because everybody eats and everybody works out right. or everybody should do both. Yeah, yeah. And so now you, you'll end up with a knowledge that's pretty good. It's funny you bring up uh, Instagram because that's literally what kind of cued this question to pop in my head when we knew we were going to have on is like people, that's probably the most common question, like especially especially over the last two years. I feel like Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff's kind of really grown over the last seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. But like the last two years, people ask me like, I want to do what you do. Yeah. yeah. I do. I don't know what I do for one. <laughs> two, I don't know how to get here. No, and then you three, don't. you know, and, and, and another kid just asked me like, I want to do fitness. I'm like, bro, what does that mean? Yep. I, I don't know what that means. Like, yeah, you want to do what Ram does? That's cool. He's in the trenches. And I was in the trenches, you know, with soccer moms and things back in the day. That's a cool life. Uh, you can make some money. You can make a lot of relationships. You learn a lot of people, a lot of communication skills. Um, but if you just want to, you know, take booty pictures on the internet, that's not <laughs> what I can teach you. Yeah, well, yeah. there'll be another podcast. <laughs> so just to kind of cap all this off, too, does it help? Okay, I mean, you're obviously in good shape. You're, you're a strong guy. You're you're we're so talking about strong is relative and strong room. is relative but that's, <laughs> that's you're fast amazing. you're proving how fast you are on the court but 
D- does that make a difference in working with athletes that did they see you on a, even though yeah. you're not you know you're you're five nine not six nine did, yeah, yeah. i mean does that help I, I mean i think so it's actually like a pretty common i think debate in our field is like do you have to like look the parter i don't know like I, i'm not i'm not the the coach with 20 plus years of experience so i'm not you know gonna sit here and pretend like i know but in my opinion if you look like you worked out guys are just going to appreciate it and they're going to probably listen like it's mm. in my opinion it's hard to take advice from people about things if they don't look like they practice what they preach mm. um now that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to like i always think about this example and I, i've got this from someone before is like i can't jump as high as my athletes but i'm confident i can help them jump higher yeah. right so you don't necessarily have to be the strongest person in the world. You don't need to have four percent body fat. You don't need to be able to dunk the basketball. But if you look like you play the like if you look like you play the part a little bit, then it's probably gonna help get a little bit of buy in. And mm-hmm. and we've seen that. Like I've been in there squatting at times. Um and guys will come in and like they'll see it and they'll hype you up the same way you try to hype them up yeah. and like and they appreciate it's funny, I was just in there today, uh, and one of our players like, Yo man, I ain't seen you lifting all that weight lately. Like, what's up? <laughs> and it's just like but it's just it was a cool reminder that that guys we're humans, right? We just take note of everything, and right. and you never know when it's gonna play a role. But for sure, I think I think playing the part um, is definitely gonna help. It's hard to tell a guy to eat right if you ain't eating right, right? It's hard to tell a guy to come in and lift because it's important for your health. Well, well you don't lift, yeah, you know? yeah. So I see that sure. McDonald's on your desk, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for sure. Well, okay, so you won't cop to being smart, but will you cop to having really good time management skills? Because I have no idea how you got through college that fast without having really uh, yeah, outstanding yeah, I, time management I'll t- skills. I'll take that one. I mean, right. th- I think there's some answers in there, too. Like, if you go to college with the with the expectation that you're going to have a really good time and party, then you're probably going to have a really good time and party. Yeah. I didn't. Like, I wasn't really me. Um, so, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's time management for sure, and it's just – what in my mind i want to work really hard when i'm young so that on the back end when i don't have the energy or the youthfulness i don't have to work as hard right so Mm -hmm. i want to set my so that's like if you're 18 19 it's not to say like figure your life out right now but like the sooner you can figure things out and and commit to them and make them happen well the less energy you have to give to that later on in your life um right well i think the energy put towards that too you can find whatever the heck happiness is which we're all still trying to figure out but mm-hmm. like the fi- the closer sooner you figure out something you love and you put effort uh, putting effort into something you love uh, long term a career hanging out you know in an NBA locker room every day you love basketball mm-hmm. you love lifting weights rather than putting energy into chugging tequila with the frats like <laughs> yeah. sure. like that feels great <laughs> at the moment but that's not helping you a They're year no, from now for, yeah. like that happiness isn't there and so for uh, sure that that's why well, yeah yeah but I guess I, I'll give the caveat like I, we're not saying don't enjoy your time. Yeah, but if you're 21. <laughs> yeah, but like at, at some point getting a check. <laughs> yeah, if you get the check, your time's gonna be. You're gonna be drinking Patron instead of the <laughs> out of the plastic bottle. That's what I'm trying to do. That's a fair point. All right, well, <laughs> let's wrap up this question. Where can people find you? Uh, so Instagram is. I just looked this up too. Doctor Dot Ramsey Dot Nijem. Um, N i j e m. Yep, N i j e m. Uh, and then on Twitter, it's Dr. Ramsey Nigel. And those are the main two. I'm mainly on Instagram. Um, I try to get Twitter going for a little bit, but that didn't really work out. But I'm on both. So that's kind of where I, you can find some stuff. Awesome. Thanks a lot. I'm the Jim McD on all the social media. Mike is Silent Mike with two Ks. The show, 50% facts, 50% spelled out. 
Facts on Instagram and Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram and Twitter with your recommendations for future questions and experts. Also, ratings and reviews on the platform of your choice. Always appreciated. We'll be back next week. <laughs>